On today's Josh Nason's Punch Out, we continue our look back at the year that was in 2022 in the year of pro wrestling with a stop in the month of November. And November, of course, featured a lot of big events, including two WB pay-per-views slash premium live events, depending on what you want to call them, which include Survivor Series and the Triple H regime bringing war games to the main roster. We talk about that. Crown Jewel, the company returning to Saudi Arabia for a pretty well-received show, including a star-making performance to the extent you can increase his star in Logan Paul taking on Roman Reigns. We talk about that. Of course, with AEW, it was all about full gear, where MJF won the AEW world title, the elite return for the first time since All Out slash Brawl Out. Jamie Hayter winning the interim women's title that would soon change into the linear women's title, I guess. We talk about that. And of course, we have to mention the mocking, uh, mockumentary, so to speak, of uh, of CM Punk by the elite in the pre-Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve show, rather, in Chicago, Illinois. We chat about that and all kinds of other stuff as well, including Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay being made for Wrestle Kingdom 17, the best of Impact, GCW moving to Fight Plus, all that good stuff. And helping me do that is the returning voices of wrestling's Rich Krejci. Rich and I talk for almost 90 minutes about everything that happened in November and all kinds of other stuff as well. So here we go. The month of November in pro wrestling year review series. Josh Jason's punch out starts right now. Well, we are coming to the end, sadly, of our uh, year in review series. That was was going to happen at some point, but Rat November still have a couple more months left. And rejoining me on the show made a great appearance last year. Voices of Wrestling's Rich Krejci. Rich, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Excited. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, what's happened to you over the last year? What, what's been what's been going on in the uh, in Man. the world of uh, Rich Krejci? It's been, yeah, basically business as usual, which is good. Uh, the same, same old stuff, but continue to be busy over at Voice of Wrestling, uh, as well as uh, the, the flagship Patreon, flagshippatreon.com. A little plug in there uh, at the beginning. But no, it's been good. It's, 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 it's been a very eventful year for wrestling, as they seem to always be now. And somebody actually asked us a question. We did like a QA and uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, on the podcast, and someone was like, is every year just going to be like this? And I was like, no. And then I was thinking, I was like, man, the last few years have been this way. So I yeah. maybe, I don't know. It, it seems every single year gets more and more eventful. Uh, we're, we're due for a boring year one of these years. But uh, 2021, uh, 2022 uh, certainly was not that, and nor was the month of uh, that we're going to talk about here uh, in a bit. did not slow down at all. So I think that's that's been the most dizzying thing is it's like it's, it's hard to catch up, but there's just always something new and crazy happening seemingly every single month, which I'm sure you've found out as you've gone through the uh, year, you know, the year uh, in, in this show too. Yeah, certainly have. Yeah. I think uh, to answer that question, I, I don't think that there will be another boring year as long as there's two companies kind of running at, at this right. pace. Um, and I think everything else kind of trickles down from that. I think the fact that so many websites see, need so much content, I think uh, and it's kind of just now it's a, it's a routine of oh the NWA may announce it. we got to run this or you know all all these things that happen people kind of feel an obligation to to run stories about and kind of be at least have a, a passing interest in but yeah I think as long as there's the big two um, and one is obviously a lot bigger than the other 
I, I think there's just always this is kind of going to be the way that it's going to be unless the unless the industry contracts a bit. I don't know if that's going to happen. It always could with some of these smaller groups. You never know as in terms of money, and we'll see what happens with you know the economy and all that stuff. But yeah, I think I think we're in this. I think we're going to be in this for a while. Yeah, and that, and that kind of ultimately was the conclusion we came to is that. You know, people that didn't live through, you know, the 90s or the 80s or whatever, when when there was two, you know, major companies and two major behemoths, it, it was kind of like this too. It was always crazy and there was always something going on and there was people jumping and there was contract disputes and this guy doing it. It got real boring for a while when there was just, you know, one major company that kind of, you know, everybody kind of went to that company and that was the goal to go to that company. So yeah, it's 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 I find it fun. Like I find it interesting. I like wrestling when it's exciting and crazy and nuts and and that's you know that to me that's good. That that's that. That more than anything is a sign of a healthy industry in, in some ways, is it being as crazy as it is. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm excited to touch on this month, though, and, and, and get through all the, the nooks and crannies of this uh, very eventful month that we're going to touch on. Certainly. Yeah, let's get into it. So, yeah, so this is uh, November. 442 different headlines scanned through by yours truly to find the, some of the best of what happened throughout the month and uh, some of the worst, of course. Uh, we'll start it with uh, WWE. And this is a double event month. Of course, they return to Saudi Arabia for uh, for Crown Jewel. But we'll start start out with Survivor Series, and this, of course, is the you know SummerSlam was really you know the first uh, pay per view premium live event, whatever you want to call it now, when it comes to the the Triple H regime. But this was the first one that he actually had a couple lead months going into this. Obviously, getting more of his uh, more of his uh, personal loved pieces back on his uh, his chessboard. You know, the Thanos gif uh, or meme, whatever you want to call it there. <laughs> uh, but this was, you know, we're kind of getting to see, I would say the fully realized Triple H regime, Crave regime, but you're starting to see more and more of the fingerprints. And this is a big old fingerprint because obviously this featured two War Games matches. Uh, this was a kind of concept just seen previously in NXT. And even though that they own the rights to it, but not really a Vince jam, Triple H saying, this is going to be my jam. I'm going to put this on a, on a main show. And we had two of those matches, the Bloodline and uh, Team uh, Bianca Belair winning both of those matches. Becky Lynch returned to action after being out for several months due to a, a shoulder injury that she suffered at SummerSlam as well, getting a measure of revenge against Damage Control. Austin Theory won the U.S. title. Uh, Triple H after the event said he was unsure about kind of where these gimmick matches were going to take place on future pay-per-views. And I, I add that in here um, in this conversation basically because you know, we're kind of talking about Hell in the Cell. And in the past, it was always, or in the more recent past, it's Hell in the Cell was a a, a placeholder pay-per-view on the schedule. So you kind of make your feuds work to build so it might kind of make sense awkwardly to get in a Hell in the Cell match and have that be an ultimate resolution. However, Triple H was open to changing that up and essentially saying they were going to look at that whole thing, meaning that perhaps some true meaning would be given back to matches like uh, war games and given back to hell in the cell and other things. So they weren't just shoehorned in and so on. So I thought that was a interesting note. They mentioned after the show, uh, Brian Kendrick returned in a producer role at Ronda Rousey's request. Um, obviously in this, uh, there was a report afterward and ended up being uh, true that Roman Reigns was visibly upset backstage after a survivor series spot that included Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens. Of course, there was a basically a, slapped uh, Roman Reigns if I'm remembering the spot right I think this might have been where he ruptured his eardrum um but he, there was a, there were some some issues backstage or eventually were resolved and also leading into this we weren't even sure if Kevin Owens was going to be in this match he suffered an MCL sprain at a house show uh but roughly about two weeks leading in this week and a half give or take 
And there was some unclear whether he was going to be with the Brawling Brutes in that main event uh, War Games match. So there's a lot of questions going into this. You know, the event happened. There wasn't a, you know, coming out of it, I, I didn't think there was a ton of buzz really about it. It was just kind of a an event that happened. You know, Austin Theory won the U.S. title on this as well. But it was just kind of a, it, this is kind of the way that Survivor Series has been was it was a show and it's a show that a lot of us uh, remember for nostalgia reasons, but it really wasn't one that, you know, kind of moved the needle in terms of, wow, this was really awesome or this changed a lot of things or what have you. It was a late year show. Yeah, I was I was kind of in between on, on the Survivor Series. I, I, I thought there was some stuff to enjoy up and down the card and some some decent stuff that that did stand out, but there was a lot of really bad too. I thought the, the Ronda Rousey live Morgan match was, was awful. <laughs> like one of the That's worst right, matches yeah. of the year, like in terms of like, you know, big time match on a big time show featuring two competent workers. Like that's how I always, when I look at worst match of the year, there's worse stuff all over. I mean, you see worse wrestlers and worse wrestling matches all the time, but I tend to look at like, okay, two people that should probably do better get in the ring and it's just somehow awful. That's how I kind of look at, at worst match of the year. And that one has to be a contender uh, for me. I mean, just really, really bad. And, and I mean, ultimately I, I thought the war game stuff, I don't know. I, it didn't, it didn't hit me. I, and I've kind of been down on the WWE war games. I've been down to war games in general. I don't think the yeah. the stipulation is all that good of a stipulation to be honest. Like we always remember the, the very, very good war games, but we actually did a project a couple of years ago at voice of wrestling where we went back uh, and watched and reviewed every war games. We ultimately came to the conclusion, like, ah, man, most of these aren't that good. <laughs> like I remember, you know, 1992 is great. And you know, the stuff in the, a lot of stuff in the eighties is really good, but uh, ultimately it comes to a point that you mentioned a little bit earlier is that a lot of gimmick matches are just kind of shoehorned in because, all right, it's now this month. It's now October. It's now money in the bank season. It's now this. And, and ultimately like, especially something like a war games, it needs that little bit of extra, hatred a little bit of extra juice to make it make sense and when you just say ah, well it's the fall it's time for war games like it it, it becomes a little weird and you kind of have to you know force it in there which i did find kind of funny about triple h's comments about hey you know we're not going to force in these these gimmick matches uh if they don't they don't you know fit the the build or whatever which i love like i think that's a great idea and i'm all for that and i think one of the worst things that WWE has done in in you know the last 15 years is is say okay now it's Hell in a Cell, the pay-per-view. So we're going to have Hell in a Cell matches. And it's like, it, it totally has taken away from those matches, meaning, okay, this is the end of the feud. And this must, because I used to love Hell in a Cell matches. I used to love ladder matches too. Yeah. And and ultimately they've, they've kind of lost their steam because it's like, all right, well, now it's May. So now we got to do hell, you know, we got to do ladder matches. We got to do Money in the Bank. Okay, it's October. We're doing Hell in a Cell. Okay, it's, you know, February. We're doing Elimination Chamber. It just kind of, it, it got a little, it, you, you kind of lose what's important about those matches and what makes those matches pretty good. But, you know, for Triple H to say that and then and essentially just shoehorn you know, war games matches in the survivor series uh, i thought was kind of interesting but yeah moving forward i do hope that he does do that because i think that that'd be healthier for the business and be healthier for that company as well it keeps those those gimmick matches a little more special and and, and it it makes them so much less forced like you said where it just it feels so shoehorned in last minute all right now let's get all these people together okay now we're gonna fight in the war games like it, it just yeah i don't know and and i kind of felt that in those matches i mean you had the bloodline stuff and that was you know interesting but you know, the women's war game match didn't feel like it had any real reason to be a war games match. And, and, and the bloodline one, it worked, but you know, ultimately I, I think you probably could have, you know, saved that for another time and, and, and made it a, a better war games match. But yeah, ultimately when survivor series was done, it was just like, ah, all right. Yeah. I just kind of moved on to the calendar. And that, uh, that was a little disappointing because I think people expected a little bit more uh, out of, out of that show. I agree. Uh, so earlier in the month, of course, we had crown jewel come the company's, uh, latest return to uh, Saudi Arabia. And this show actually conversely, 
was received really well by fans for the most part. And a lot of that was due to the main event, which was Roman Reigns defending the title against Logan Paul. Yes, a, a match that happened in 2022. And But that match was really good. And it was really entertaining for, and a lot of people seemed to like it. Con, you know, consensus was that um, it was an entertaining match. Obviously, the, the, the result was not in doubt. But the, yeah, it was just a, it was just a really good, really good match. And, and I, you know, I wasn't that surprised because they've, as I've talked about in this show, that they've, uh, and even in the series, they've done a really good job, WB has, uh, identifying specific talents when they want, are interested in doing something and really kind of, I don't want to say pressing them to, to train, but they find, they find the right talents that want to put in the work to train like the bad bunnies, Logan Paul's that type that don't want to just have this be one of these terrible, you know, celebrity appearances from the past. They want to get in there and they actually want to like make an impact with stuff. And, and Logan Paul certainly has done that. He, uh, after a match, he revealed that he injured his ACL and MCL meniscus. We'd learn later in the months. I'll talk about that. Uh, it was not actually, uh, as bad as, uh, as we thought. So, Clearing him to have some uh, do some matches here in the early part of 2023, especially potentially in the World Rumble, WrestleMania, what have you. Uh, at the show, Damage Control regained the women's tag team titles. There was a uh, potential Jay Uso injury that was revealed during the during the show as well, but apparently to his wrist might be broken or something along those lines. Um, Bray Wyatt made an appearance on the show, but you know overall, this was a this was this was a pretty good show, and the Saudi shows. You know, they always just kind of have the stigma about them, what have you, um, for 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 good reason. If you can set that aside for a minute, the the actual action itself, the spectacle of it, and the the in ring action really seem to be well received for this show in in ways that I had not seen on previous shows. Yeah, there seems to be a, a, a definite upgrade in effort level uh, on this show for whatever reason, and I, I don't exactly know why that is, but. You know, the, these Saudi shows, I think, have been marred by, obviously, you know, everything that surrounds them and, and, and goes into them. But uh, ultimately, a lot of times it does feel like the wrestlers or, or, you know, for one reason or another, just don't really feel like they need to go, at, you know, 100 percent effort. And, and and they probably don't. I mean, to be honest, they probably don't need to go out there and, and, and absolutely kill it and, and and try to have, you know, great, great matches. They kind of go and they do their thing and they do their matches and, and, and they're kind of out and the crowds are always kind of weird. You know what I mean? In terms of like what they react to, because they're not, you know, your normal WWE audience or whatever. But. I'm right with you that it seemed like the work in general uh, on this show was 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 definitely better than usual. And I am 100% with you on the Logan Paul thing. Like I he to me, I and I don't know if this is like more of a credit to him or more of a a negative towards the performance center or the way that WWE trains the wrestlers or whatever. But I guess you can include bad money in this, too. And you, you mentioned him as well. Like these are guys that get it. They get what wrestling is. They get they understand not just the bell to bell, but understand charisma owning the room owning the ring you know projecting doing all that sort of thing like in a way that very few people that come out of that performance center do like a lot of performance center people are technically good and they can do you know certain things well and they can have a you know a, a quote-unquote WWE match very well but they don't have that they they don't jump off the screen they don't grab you they don't grab that audience Logan Paul does that from the moment he enters the curtain he is the central focus whether it's the way he looks the way he carries himself the the, the ring attire that he's wearing the the whatever he's wearing to the ring or whatever he comes out and it's just like man that dude's a star and then he he, you feel that the entire match. You just feel that 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 grip that he has on you in that entire match. And I thought this was his overall best performance ever. And 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 sure, you know, 
is a lot of his stuff rehearsed and are they kind of getting everything ready? Yeah, yeah, sure. But they do that for all. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, right. I see that as a common like thing where, where it's like, oh, well, everything's rehearsed. Right. Well, yeah, they do that for all big matches like every guy, every wrestler. We're not in 1984 anymore. Like every big match with every big wrestler at every big event is, is the guys are working together. They're, 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 they're plotting out their spots beforehand or whatever. All guys are doing that. Very few guys are having matches. I, I think that are as good and as entertaining as a Logan Paul match. And he's one of my favorite WWE wrestlers in 2022, as, as as weird as that is. But I just think everything about him, the aura, uh, just the charisma, and, and the in-ring is good. Like, he is a very, very good athlete. And and, and you see that when he wrestles as well. And he he, he puts his body on the line and, and just, yeah, I have nothing but praise to say for this guy. Uh, and and they've got themselves a real gem here. And like you said, they they WWE has kind of encouraged him. Hey, hey go for it. If you want to do it, go for it. And, and they've I think they've really found something here. Uh, with Logan Paul and, and this injury might be a blessing to disguise to kind of keep him away for a little bit. Uh, Cause one of the issues that they might run into is trying to use him a little too much where I think right. the best thing right. to do is use him sparingly. We saw with Ronda Rousey, the second Ronda Rousey just became a normal person on the roster is mm-hmm. when she became a, you know, just became a regular when she was just coming in every so often, popping in, popping out. That's when she felt like a star and had that aura and, and Logan Paul still to me has that, but yeah, I can't, I can't give enough praise to Logan Paul. I think he, he's tremendous. Yeah. The whole scripting thing. It's funny. Cause you know, one of the most revered matches of all time was Savage Steamboat at mania three. Right. And that was, I mean, like we, we heard the stories of move for move is scripted out. Some, you know, we're, we're so much in the, the, the business of carrying out the sausages made for this type of stuff. I don't, I don't, Give an F about how the sausage you made. No, because, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch. I turn on my TV and then they entertain me. I don't care. It's like, you know, yeah. it's fine. I, but it's, yeah, it's so weird that people get hung up on that or, or, or care about that. I just can't, I, as a, as a, as a consumer, I can't possibly care about that. Who cares? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, I'm getting what I get and, and it's fine. So let's go uh, through the rest of this uh, chunk in WWE. We'll split this into uh, two. Uh, so leading to the damage control, regain the women's tag team titles. It was because Alexa Bliss and Asuka won the tag team titles on Raw and won these classic, also really Vince moves where the you know the champions win the titles and then our champions lose the titles and all of a sudden they want to have a moment at a pay per view, so they and they uh, the old champions regain them or so on and so forth. So that happened in this case. So that's what led to that. Uh, Becky Lynch was revealed to be playing Cindy Lauper in Young Rock. The company announced a media rights extension and expansion deal with Africa's Multi Choice. And they later announced the search for Africa's next superstar, which I know for most of us, we don't really care about uh, fans don't really care about these deals they do in other countries. Th- this I, I'm interested in the Africa's next superstar thing, because I think there's some regions of the world, especially I know, you know, UFC is, is looking at Africa quite a bit. They uh, there's an interest. There's talent to be found. I think it's just a question of are they able to find them and, and really turn them into something? I think they. Uh, it might have been Nick Khan that said this about this was he uh, if they find one, if they develop one star out of this that is able to mean something to that area. Awesome. If they find a star that means something bigger than that area, it's a home run. So I think they're kind of being like cautious about, and cautiously optimistic. So I'm just kind of really curious how this uh, how this turns out. But we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be really cool. Not, not, not to kind of interrupt, but like, you yeah. know, Nick Khan is the guy who comes from the sports world. And and the NBA, I think, has done a tremendous job with their NBA Africa uh, initiative. And it took, you know, it took about 15, 20 years, but you're starting to see the fruits of that labor now. I mean, there are there are guys coming out that, that you know, Pascal Siakam is, is probably the most famous uh, example from the Toronto Raptors, like a guy who came through that, just discovered at one of these camps and now is, you know, a max level player and one of the you know top players in the NBA. And 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 more and more it's happening and more and more guys are 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 getting better and they're developing players and stuff. It's gonna take a while. Yeah, and that's one of the things, but 
you know, they're seeing the fruits of that as well. And I think, you know, Nikon coming from that sports world realizes, Hey, this is a, this is a market, you know, they've tried India for a while and, and India is still something you do want to, you know, cause how do you not pass up, you know, that many millions of people, you know, as potential eyeballs or whatever, but, but, you know, tapping into Africa as a, uh, a talent base is, is something that is probably way, way, way long overdue uh, for, for all sports. And, and it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how, how or all, all American sports, I should say, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how WWE does it. Yeah. It's going to take some patience, but I think, uh, I think it's going to be a, a worthy endeavor for sure. Yeah. And more accepting than China, you know, there's so much of the, the whole thing of like trying to get into China and it just, it's not, it's not really sprouted much in terms of in, in all the seeding of the garden, so to speak over right. these last decades. But if you, if you have a massive continent that is essentially, you know, welcoming you with open arms and is interested in having you there, and be part of them. Um, that's a good thing, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think we'll see more of this and these deals ahead. Um, the Vince McMahon investigation was done announced by the, in the, during the uh, Q3, uh, conference investors call. We'll see about the, the end of Vince McMahon and WWE. That'd be an interesting story to follow in, uh, 2023. Also in that conference call, they announced that they were a company who's extending their deal with Hulu. This is kind of a, a thing that had been a, a narrative or a story that had been kind of percolating throughout the year, essentially, so with the second day raw rights and main event and all this stuff. But essentially what they did was they extended the deal so it would end at the same time as their existing TV deals uh, end. So kind of tying all that in so they can tie in the second day raw rights and so on and so forth. Uh, they also announced a Bianca Belair Montez 4 project was in the works for Hulu as well. Sasha Banks teased that there's something quote unquote crazy coming. Keep that in mind. Uh, Otis opened up about struggling with dyslexia and also reading his first full book. That was kind of cool to see. Company announced their World Cup tournament, of course, to align with the World Cup of uh, soccer and football fame. And I see title shelves on the tap for the winner. Natalia underwent no surgery. The company revealed that Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Arena would be the date and location for the 30th anniversary episode of Raw. Wendy Chu, Zion Quinn, worked main event tapings, continuing the uh, NXT train, we're getting the using main event as kind of a, a first look uh, at, at some for some of these talents. Cameron Grimes was reportedly going to get his main roster call up. We're still waiting for that. Jonah was offered a WWE contract, and Chelsea Green expected to return. One of them we've seen, one of them we have not seen as of yet. Grayson Waller and Alba Fire also made their debuts on main event. Mia Yim returned on on Raw. She aligned with the OC and then got a temporary new name, Meechin. That would soon later become a nickname afterward. Kind of a strange situation there. Uh, actually, why don't we start with there? Any uh, thoughts on any of that? Uh, yeah, I think um, obviously the Vince McMahon investigation. I, there, there's a lot of those things now that are like kind of wait and see. Like it, it, it you know, the Vince McMahon investigation. Then you know, a month later, you know, the report that he's kind of trying to you know work his way back in, or like, hey, I shouldn't have resigned, or whatever. so. I don't know. That that's definitely one to keep uh, uh keep an eye on. There, the investigation is done. But uh, as far as Vince McMahon and, and his involvement uh, with this company, probably not done. He's still the majority shareholder as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that one. And then, uh, yeah, the Sasha Banks thing. I mean, that might, you know, by the time this gets recorded, might uh, make a lot more sense. So who knows what's going on with that? But uh, definitely interesting there. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of the returns um, th- this this month felt like a, a it, weird in sense that, like, we were bringing back a lot of people that, you know, the initial wave of, of you know, Triple H returns were, were 
you know, pretty, there, there were fun returns or people that a lot of people were clamoring for really like, Hey man, I can't wait till you know, that guy comes back. Or, Hey, that's, you know, that, that he, he was done wrong by him. I'm glad that he's back. But I don't know, this month felt a little bit like me and it's nothing against the Mia Yim, but it didn't have the same juice. And, and it seemed like ultimately they brought her in. And like you said, they didn't really know what to even call her. <laughs> like they were like, well, this is her name. What? Well, no, this is her name. What? No, it's a nickname. This is her name. And it's like, all right, well, you know, let, let's kind of have this all, you know, ready to go before we bring her in. And, and, you know, the Bronson Reed thing as well. Again, I, I, I like Bronson Reed. I think he's really good, but, uh, you know, we, we saw him eventually return and, and, and it was another one that was like, all right, I mean, yeah, I guess you bring Bronson Reed back if you can't like, I don't know. It, it felt like a lot of the ones haven't had as much real juice or a real purpose as well. Uh, and, and this month was the first one where it was just like, now it just kind of seems like we're just bringing people back to bring them back in, in a way. So yeah. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what the future is for, for, for all those names mentioned that, 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 you know, came back in November and, and really who came at, you know, in September and, and August and all through the, the early uh, Triple H regime. Cause you know, the report came out, I think that was in December or whatever that, you know, Triple H was, was a little, you know, underwhelmed by a lot of the people uh, that he brought back, which I, you know, it's weird. I don't know if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or, or, or whatnot, but uh, it, it has been interesting to see the narrative kind of switch on, on the returns. And, you know, initially it was all the excitement. Hey, these person back, this person back, this person back, but it has kind of cooled a little bit of like, all right, they're back, but, but, but what's next, you know, what, yeah. what, what, what are you doing with them now? I'm very interested in the post uh, mania cuts. If they happen, I would assume that they are. I, I know that there seems to be a thing out there. Like it's, it's, it's so much different triple H, uh, you know, it, it's just a different regime and they're not going to do this type of things. It, they have so many people throughout the entire organization still under contract, you know, with NXT talents and all that. I mean, I, I would be shocked if there's not cuts. And I think that will kind of give us maybe some answers for, uh, for some of that. That's my guess. Yeah. That's my guess. Let's go through the rest of this chunk for the month. Uh, Nikki Cross threw away the 24-7 title on Raw. I should say attempted to throw away the title because it bounced past the trash can. It kind of a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, attempted got, throw. Uh, a, uh, uh, how a fitting. A light toss towards a trash can, not necessarily in it. But. How fitting. How fitting. So yeah, a perfect, a perfect representation of this title, too. Just Yeah. Just exactly. Perfect. So the title is, uh, is dead for now. We'll see. Uh, Austin Theory failed uh, early in the month, failed in his uh, Raw Money in the Bank cash-in. Of course, again, they would win the U.S. title later in the in the month, so that was, uh, you know, is what it is. Uh, R-Truth underwent surgery for a torn quad after suffering an injury in his Grayson Waller match on NXT. Pat McAfee, speaking of a guy that they've uh, they've trained up to be a, a quite a, a good talent and a good wrestler when he gets in there, uh, and his wife expecting their first child. The company announced 15 recruits for their uh, fall 2022 rookie class as they continue to really lean heavy into the NIL program. Company continuing with the Undertaker One Dead Man shows, bringing it to San Antonio for Royal Rumble weekend. The Viking Raiders returned with Sarah Logan officially back in the mix. Another returnee. Her new name is Valhalla. Uh, Ray Mysterio sidelined with an injury. Uh, Peoria Civic Center issued a statement on a Scarlet uh, house show fan incident. This is when a fan threw a beer at Scarlet. I think it was an older woman, I believe. Kind of classic uh, old school wrestling there. But uh, <laughs> all, all was well. Uh, Logan Paul, we just talked about him, said he, exp- he expressed interest in a match with John Cena at Mania 39. Gave an update on his injuries. And the update was essentially that the injuries were not as bad as they thought. So that's a good thing. And yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens if it is uh, Logan Paul against Cena. Or uh, that's a, that seems to be too good to be true. Uh, but it, that... Absolutely could be it. We'll see. Uh, Vince McMahon, the Vice documentary, finally set to have an air date in uh, mid-December. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin responded to rumors of his in-ring return because he was getting in shape. He said simply he got tired of looking like shit. The older guys can appreciate that statement more than you ever know, right? Uh, Jamie Noble said he was going to wrestle for possibly the very last time at a WWE house show. 
wrestlers don't retire. They just always leave the window open uh, just in case a, a uh, another opportunity comes down the road. The Rumble broke the largest gate record in event history for the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Nashville is going to be able to host WrestleMania 43 if their new enclosed stadium is built. Uh, can, the uh, We'll talk more about this in, in the uh, Japan section. But the drama, the uh, the saga of Carl Anderson, if he's going to defend the never open way title and what he was going to do with it, it was official. Uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. Defending it at the uh, New Japan Junior or the uh, Tag League Finals, rather. Company signed a cheer star, Gabby Butler, to a contract. Look for there. Said he was going to be at the Royal Rumble and also the Raw 30th anniversary show. And later he said that he's not going to be at the Rumble. He's just going to be signing autographs in the city at that same time. So uh, there you go. Uh, Randy Orton reportedly underwent a back fusion surgery, no tile table for his return. So that tended, that was kind of a story that uh, got quiet and then got loud at certain points. And just a lot of questions of whether we've seen the last of Randy Orton, kind of what's going on, but it doesn't seem he's going to be back anytime soon. We just mentioned India earlier, the company initially planning a major show for January in India, one that we'll talk more about in the December wrap-up, but that would be canceled. And then uh, the company hosting a two-day tryout at IMG Academy uh, during the month, again, leaning heavy into that recruitment element and you know still looking at indie wrestlers, but really just kind of looking for athletes they can mold in their own image. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, you know, the, the, the Randy Orton injury uh, is one that definitely stood out to me of just like, man, that, that's a real rough injury for a guy of his age and, 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 you know, his, you know, the amount of time that he spent in the ring. And, and, you know, obviously you, you hope that he does come back and you hope that you get to see something from him, but you could also just as likely see him just say like, ah, you know what, I'm, I'm good. You know, and, and I don't think he's going to do that. I think he obviously is going to try to come back, but uh I wouldn't put it, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, think anything less of him. if He just decided the rehab and, and, and the, you know, the, the hustle to get back just isn't worth it given, you know, what he's done in his career, how much he's worked and, and just how long he's been there. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty shocking when you go and watch, you know, 2002 and 2003 WWE and you're like, Jesus, that's Randy Orton. <laughs> he's still there. And he's like kind of always in the same shape. And he's had, you know, he's had little nagging injuries and that was a, a thing in the early part of his career. Uh, but it seemed to have kind of slowed down as, as he's gotten older and gotten himself in, in, in tremendous shape. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a real tough surgery to have at this point in, in your career. So uh, I always look at him as like a man that I, I do wonder if this might be, this might be it for Randy Orton, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, it doesn't, I haven't seen anything in that direction. It does seem like he's, he's working his way to come back, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a major, major injury for a guy uh, at his, um, you know, his age. And then, uh, you know, the Nashville thing is pretty cool for WrestleMania 43. I mean, I, I'm hoping for it because Nashville is a lot easier for me to get to. Uh, and I haven't done a WrestleMania weekend since uh, New York uh, in 2019. So being oh. able to, you know, drive down to Nashville or whatever, hang out there uh, would be pretty cool uh, to, to, to go check out. Because, yeah, some of these other ones have been just a little tougher to get to or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, when I saw Nashville, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm in. That sounds great to me. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But, uh, yeah, they're on, they're in the rush for that uh, that stadium. It, it's it's a weird stadium project. I don't know if you've kind of followed that, but it's it's it didn't seem like they have a bad stadium, but all of a sudden they've decided they need this yeah. new stadium and it needs to be enclosed. And it's like, your old stadium's fine. It's not even that old. It's pretty good. And then they got to do a lot of different things to change it. And I, I'm a fan of uh, of uh, auto racing as well. And like the IndyCar runs a, a race that uses like the outside of that stadium. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, what do we do with this race? And Nashville's like, oh yeah, whoops, we forgot about that. It just seems like a very <laughs> rushed, weird, you know, stadium project yeah. that I don't know that, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was fully thought out, but uh, yeah, see, I like, to be dangling the carrot of like, hey, get this thing done and we'll give you a WrestleMania. So, you know, it'll it'll probably get done as quick as possible. Yeah. And closed stadiums are now the thing because in uh, in Chicago, your neck of the woods there. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. talking about, I mean, so the the new soldier field, the uh, the the alien ship, whatever they call it, is uh, they're talking about building a new enclosed stadium, right? Retractable roof. 
Yeah, yeah. So no, what, what's weird about it is, yeah, so they're doing it out in the suburbs, like away from, from uh, uh, the city. And they've also, and this is at least just the original renderings, and everybody was kind of like, well, what? Is that it was just enclosed. Like, it didn't have a retractable roof. It was oh. only enclosed. And people were like, that's kind of weird. Like, why would you do that? And it, like, I get it. Like, a lot of the Chicago winter is not very fun for, for football, but like, uh, yeah, just the fully, fully 100% enclosed stadium. It, it, it seems like a lot of people were kind of taken aback by that and like, oh, wait, hold on. Like, we we would prefer retractable if possible. Like we still want to have an outdoor stadium because, and I'm that way too. I don't know if you ever spend a, you know, how many dome, like fully dome stadiums you've ever been to, but uh, I don't know. It, it definitely has a, a weird vibe about it when, when, you know, the roof's not open or, or, you know, yeah. if it's retractable, it's fine. You can open and close it, but like a fully enclosed building. I don't know. I, I I'm not a huge fantasy in sports in, in, in that it, it comes across like kind of a mall kiosk <laughs> a lot of ways and <laughs> just feels a little empty. So yeah, it, it, very strange that, that, uh, that, that's, that's all the rage now. Yeah. Let's take a run through uh, NXT. Not a lot going on here. Uh, had some some releases. We we're just talking about that. Bodie Hayward, Sloan Jacobs, Erica Yan, Dem- Demaris Griffin, and Rue Fang were all released. Mandy Sel- Randy Rose celebrated her one-year championship reign in NXT. More about her in December. Uh, Isla Dawn just debuted on NXT and attacked Alba Fire. A WDA, NXT UK never die, right? Uh, Iron Survivor matches were set for deadline and the brand new concept. They were doing qualifying matches all month long. Oba Femi and Danny Palmer made their debuts on, I believe it was on Level Up. Reggie was revealed as the secret character scripts on NXT. Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews also set for deadline coming up uh, obviously on December 10th, same day as uh, our Ring of Honor final battle. Dijak made his return to NXT, attacked Wes Lee. X-Pac appeared on NXT alongside Alundra Blaze, Road Dogg, and Molly Holly. Again, kind of this weird build to the, the Iron Survivor matches and kind of this shoot work like description talking about talents and kind of a unique thing that they tried. And then uh, Elfe Valkyrie uh, vignettes aired on NXT. Speaking of NXT UK, and she got a new name, which I believe is pronounced Lyra Valkyria. If I got that right, I possibly could have got that wrong. However, the NXT UK invasion uh, continues and NXT TV in uh, uh, November. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, my, my only, my, my big thought here is uh, the scripts thing was, uh, <laughs> was rough. That, that, that the, the vignettes were kind of dorky, but at least people were kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of cool. This could be a new interesting character. And then it's Reggie in this like really bad looking gear. Like that gear is, is so it's orange and it kind of looks like a Pentagon junior look, but it's like a dollar store Pentagon junior look or whatever. Like, it's it's strange. I I I I cannot imagine who saw him wear this gear and said, "All right, yeah, well, we got it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this thing." Like I don't know that that I think that needs a little bit more work. And and Reggie's a cool talent. Like I think Reggie's really pretty fun. And and uh, yeah, for him to be you know scripts and wearing this, I don't know. It's 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 all kind of a little little strange and a little weird. But uh, yeah, no, NXT you know had a not a not a very super super interesting month uh, in November. Not a ton happened, so it didn't really yeah it didn't really you know. Yeah. Light me on fire in any way. All right, let's flip to uh, AEW slash Ring of Honor. And that month was punctuated by Full Gear in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. You see, I actually attended this pay-per-view. And yeah, I can't uh, can't say I'm going to be heading back to Newark, New Jersey anytime soon. 
<laughs> lovely. That's lovely that time of year, isn't it? Oh, I thought, boy. Yeah. It, was, it was cold and uh, nothing. It was no, Newark. It was nothing happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thankfully, it was close to the airport. Couldn't wait to get out of there. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I stayed when I went to WrestleMania weekend. We stayed in Newark. And it is it is it is certainly close to the airport. That is a great way to describe <laughs> Newark. Yes. Yes. That's part about Newark is it is close to the airport. Yeah. Quick, quick to get out. Quick to get out. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the, uh, the event did over a million dollar gate. Uh, and they did... Uh, Estimated between 137 140,000 pay-per-view buys at this point. And this was a featured a lot of title changes. This, this really felt like a, uh, I don't want to say clean the whiteboard creative show, but in a lot of ways it was kind of a reset. I don't know if Tony Khan would call it a reset. He might in a very long answer, but who knows. Um, but the big one, of course, MJF winning the world title, defeating John Moxley in the main event. There was a uh, obviously the swerve with William Regal, which will lead to more things we'll talk about in December. Jamie Hayter winning the interim women's title that would later be changed to the, uh, I guess, linear women's title. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Samoa Joe winning the TNT title. Uh, Soraya made her return, defeating Britt Baker again, her first match in five years. Uh, the Elite surprisingly lost in their return match, unsuccessfully challenging for the trios championships against Death Triangle. However. Later that night, it was announced, and for, in the building, it was just a quick graphic. They were like, huh? It was a best-of-seven series announced uh, with Death Triangle that would uh, obviously go through the first part of January. Uh, the Eliminator Finals, originally supposed to be taking place in the show, were ended up getting moved to the following Wednesday. I think that ended up being fine. Uh, it was all due kind of to a Ricky Stark's injury, kind of pushed everything back. But uh, all that happened. We had the... I, I, I put, again, with the Cabana questions, uh, wrestling against Nick Hausman asking... Uh, about more about Punk and Cabana at the post-event press conference, the uh, the story that will never die, and yeah, this was a uh, this was an entertaining show. Uh, being there live, it was a a long show. I think every AEW paper, I'm going to say the same thing. It was just there's a little bit of sag in in all these shows, and it's just it's just they just go long. So whenever uh, Tony Khan says that they're going to end at a reasonable time, which he said about this one, that's just not true. You know, Re- maybe reasonable for him because he stays up all hours of the night, but he's just. The shows just are a little, a little long. And uh, regardless, again, this was featured the MJF uh, world title win. So that era begins. The Elite finally returning again after all the stuff that happened with All Out, things that we talked about before and everyone kind of knows. And we'll talk about some of the, the lead up to this and kind of what happened afterward. But this was, uh, what, what were your thoughts on the pay-per-view and kind of everything that happened? And uh, I guess everything that's happened in the, what, almost two months since then, month and a half, give or take. Yeah, to, to me, I, I thought it was a great show. I, I'm with you that every AEW pay-per-view feels like it's like an hour too long. And there's yeah. always there's always this like weird lull point in the middle of the show. And this one didn't have as much of that. Like there's always this weird, like it starts out really hot and the first hour is like usually pretty good. And then there's this weird like hour and a half that's just kind of like, all right. And then it kind of gets together the last, you know, but it, it's it's it does seem like there's that hour or so that always kind of drags on or that hour and a half that always drags on that you're like, do we really need this? Like, let's just kind of let's get rid of this match, move things forward, cut the I, I'm 100% with you. I would love if these things were way closer to three hours. I get it because they only run quarterly or whatever. So they think that they need to go longer. But I, I don't know. I I've yet to ever meet a wrestling fan that after a three hour show is like, God damn, I wish that was just an hour longer. You know, I, I, I just, right. I've never met them. I'm sure they're out there, but I have yet to encounter a fan in the wild. That was just like, ah, I wish we just had another hour and a half of that wrestling show. Like three hours is, is fine. Like, Hey, I'm fine with two hours. As I, as I get older and busier, whatever, two hours would be perfectly okay with me, but I get it. Three hours is the standard, but yeah, I, I think more companies should start to strive just for three hours and try to get 
under three hours if possible, as opposed to now it feels like we just blow right past that three hours. And now we're working on, you know, trying to trying to get under four hours, which is just, yeah, way too long, way, way, way too long for a show. But uh, ultimately, I, I, I like to show a lot. And I thought what when I left full gear and we did our reaction show immediately afterwards at flagshippatreon.com was it just felt like this show, all the vibes felt right with AEW again. And I'm sure that was the elite coming back. I'm sure it was just, you know, there just seemed to be a whole lot of just, I don't know. It all kind of felt complete again after a very, very, very awkward September. That was the dynamites felt weird. Everything felt weird. There was this black cloud over the entire thing and the elite come back and it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we're okay. You know, maybe this thing is, 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 is back to where it needs to be. And, and, things just kind of felt right after the show. And I thought it was a really, really good show. I thought, you know, having the elite back just adds to the, the, the level of talent, you know, on the show just adds to the level of matches on it. And, and you could see it immediately. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. These guys are like some of the best wrestlers in the world. Now they're back on the show. Like that helps a lot. You know, that, of course it's going to help help to have the box and Kenny Omega back on your show. But uh, it definitely felt like the energy in the, w- was there with the wrestlers. Again, the energy was there in the crowd again. Uh, and all things kind of felt good and, and and right with AEW, I thought, after full gear. Uh, and the MJF win, obviously, a, a, a huge win, a huge changing of the garden moment in that company uh, as well. But I think more than anything, what stood out to me after this show uh, was Jamie Hayter. I, I, I thought she proved herself to be one of the top stars in this entire company, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world after this match. And, and she's only continued that with having great matches over the course of, of, of the time since she won that title. But that really felt like a moment where where, where those two women went out there and they just... They, died, they made sure that that match was going to be a big deal. And Tony Storm and Jamie Hader just went out there and they beat the shit out of each other, too. They just yeah. <laughs> beat on each other, beat on each other. And, and you know, at, at one point, like, it felt like Tony hit Jamie kind of harder and, you know, busted up her nose. Or, or I think it was her nose, right? That yeah. was a little busted open. So Hader came right back and then busted her up. And I was like, got her kind of stiff. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's classic wrestling. And they're buddies. You know what I mean? They're friends. But that's like classic wrestling is just like, yeah, you know what? little receipt there and i was like yeah you know what let's go for it and and yeah they end on this and, and the match ends and jamie's bleeding and sweaty and tony's bleeding and sweaty and i'm like hell yeah that that's to me felt mo- so much like just what i love about wrestling it's just two people go out there man or woman doesn't matter and they just they they, they beat the living hell out of each other to, to, to try to prove who the better person is and, and who the champion should be and that was everything that i love in, in pro wrestling with that jamie hater tony storm match so I, I thought i left the night thinking that was if not the best match on the night, one of uh, the best matches on the night. But overall, just the vibes of, of that entire show felt like, okay, we're, we're, we're back on track here with AEW, where it felt very, very weird uh, from, you know, August, you know, late August and all through September, just kind of felt just clunky and black cloudy. And I, I don't know exactly the way to put it, but uh, it felt weird is yeah. probably the best way. Yeah, because there were so many questions, right? And so many still kind of unanswered questions, but at least... You know, one major half of this equation was was back um, yeah. in the elite losing, and of course, as uh, uh, was said in the in the stands uh, in the media section uh, after the elite loss, like, oh, I guess they're not, uh, I guess they're not going to be at the post event press conference. They're not going to have to answer any questions, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Very convenient how uh, how that works. There's a lot of questions about that, uh, but yeah, leading into this, we had uh, Nick Jackson making his first post all out appearance. He was tossing t shirts in the crowd during an L A Clippers game. Uh, the Young Bucks leading in this filed and later uh, abandoned their trademark for the Wayward Sons, and now we kind of understand why that was uh, why that was potentially teased as a thing because they came out to the the Kansas song during this and have been uh, doing that ever since. And then in your neck of the woods again, Chicago, uh, the <laughs> this uh, pre Thanksgiving you know, the Thanksgiving Eve edition of Dynamite, the one of the trios uh, best of seven matches happened. This was a, again the Elite taking on Death Triangle. Leading in this, Kenny Omega gave an interview saying it's not the elite against CM Punk and encouraged fans to let it go. And then on that show, 
they essentially Moxie and Punk throughout this match. They were booed relentlessly by the uh, the Wind Trust faithful, the Chicago faithful, and obviously the the GTS spot. Um, Matt Jackson feigning the uh, the the failed uh, buckshot lariat that CM Punk did, and kind of mocking that. There were some other kind of things throughout this, and and just kind of mocking this and. They did a bite, um, a bite spot, you know, the Ace Steel bite spot, referencing that. Again, everything kind of got a backstage altercation. So it's like, okay, well, I guess we're, I guess we're going here. And uh, afterwards, the story came out that people close to Punk were not happy about the kind of how that happened. So you know, we're kind of wondering this whole time: is there any possible chance of reconciliation? Some people think, of course, oh, this is they wouldn't do this unless there's some sort of angle or something like that. And then other people think, well. It's probably this is kind of maybe the the last dirt on the on the grave, so to speak. What, what was your take on all that? Yeah, I I don't know where I stand. I I, I flip flop on this a lot. I think like you said that that it could just be okay. Here's our last you know receipts, and now we're done. Okay, we'll move on. We're ready. To, but I think what what <laughs> not to put the, the tinfoil hat on or whatever, but. Kenny Omega, and we're going to talk about it in our New Japan section. He has always been very deliberate about anything he says in the media. And anything he ever says, you always have to look into it a little bit more. When he was with New Japan and, and teasing that he was going to go to WWE, I remember he did an interview with Dave Meltzer, I, I believe, on this website. And was like, yeah, I don't know what the future holds for me. But, you know, I like I would love to have matches with Tetsuya Naito and Okada and Ishii. And he just listed like seven New Japan wrestlers. That's like, well, I think I'm going to deck to New Japan, man. Yeah. But he was like, ah, you know, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And obviously, he just went back to New Japan and had that last run that he had there. And then with the, the Will Ospreay stuff, it was all so poignant. And he's very good at making people believe that, like, what he says is, like, real genuine. And because and, and, he comes across that way. But he is a pro wrestler. You know, they're professional liars at the end of the day. And that's why we love it. Like, that's what they do. And he was very deliberate about the Will Ospreay stuff of, you know, kind of bad-mouthing him about, oh, all he cares about is having great matches and all this sort of stuff. And all he cares about is doing flips and all that. Sort of, and it's Kenny Omega saying that, which is, like, some people didn't get the irony of that. And then ultimately now... It's all for them to work an angle and for them to work a match. So when he says, I think it was the day, wasn't it the day of or the day before yeah. or whatever, saying, yeah, it hey, look, it's not the Elite versus CM Punk. Everyone's just got to get over this thing. We all just have to move on and then do an entire match of spots, you know, alluding to the fight. Like my antenna went up and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I flip flop on this. I tend to think if I was if I was a betting man, I would say that CM Punk never comes back to AEW, and that was the last chapter, and that's it. But I'm a little, I, you know, my bet is a little nervous. Now. I know, like, I know. Because when we, just the juxtaposition of Kenny going out there and being very deliberate about, hey, get over it, stop talking about it, let's all move on, and then them just doing an entire match to troll this entire. I was like, ah, it's a little too close to the sun for me. So. I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to be a grease pig here and say, I don't know, but I thought I just, I, I, I put a, I, I, I circled it a little bit. I, my antennas were up a little bit after that match saying, okay, hold on a minute. Hold on. What are we doing here? And then a very immediately the people close to punk or punk's camp saying, Hey, we're not happy with that. Like, I, I just, I don't know. It seemed too deliberate. And maybe that's, I'm too in the weeds of this business or whatever at this point, yeah. but too much was going on there to make me think, hold on. Uh, I don't know. I'm again, I'm still, Probably more on CM Punk never coming back, but this being there live, especially, just made me think. Hold on, we're we're doing something a little strange here, and and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I tend to think that you know I'm I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm maybe you know sixty five percent that he's not coming back, <laughs> or fifty five percent that he's not coming back. But it it felt like ninety percent you know before that match, and then after that match, I was like, oh, hold on, a minute. hold yeah. on. Trevor Dame and I talked about this in uh, in the November episode about 
basically this would be their this would be the biggest thing that they could do if if they were able to work this out oh license to print money oh sure. my god i mean you could do a year's worth of stuff with this i mean you can include the ftr stuff depending on what their status there's so many different things you could do this that could easily last a year and if you did it right i mean this this is this would be their elevator moment that they need because they've kind of been running at the same level you want to make that spike i mean this would be this would be it. And uh, as uh, as Dax Harwood said in this uh, first edition of this podcast that just came out, he just he would like uh, he he wants a locker room where all these guys can be together, and he thinks for the betterment of the business, he would like something to be work. Just he's like just work it out, and that would be it. Would be just so much fun for this whole thing to like play out in in the ring. I think you could do it'd be awesome. It'd just be something really fun to do. And I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm very similar to you. I think if I had to bet on it, I'd bet in Punk not coming back, but. There's also part of me. It's kind of like, yeah, these guys are professional liars for a reason, you know, be a lot. Right. If if they were true pro wrestlers, they would all get in that room and and just you know plot this out and plan this and say, look, I don't have to like you and you don't have to like me, but let's just go out there and make millions of dollars because we could we could absolutely do that. And yeah, get get Cabana in the room too and just be like, all right, I don't care, you know. So whoever that mediator is, and whoever that mediator is is now like that they have to go, you know, leave AEW or leave the wrestling business and go into politics because if they're able to mediate all of that and keep everybody in the room and just say, look. We all stand to do a lot better and make a lot more money if we can just, and I'm not saying we have to do this forever, but yeah, six months, 12 months, whatever. Here's what we're going to do. Here's our plan. Let's just, let's go out there. And then after that time, we can never talk to each other ever again. We never speak to each other ever again. We don't have to look at each other ever again, but let's go out there and make money. I mean, if they're true pro wrestlers, okay. uh, they, they would do that. And I, I'm with Dax. I hope they, that that can happen because uh, I just think, yeah, the, 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 the potential is limitless of what they could do. It'd be, it'd be insane. Yep, give us one year. Just give us one year. Make it right. Yeah, and then you can hate our guts, but just come on. Exactly. Let's do this. Let's all make money, please. All right, let's go over uh, the first half of this month here, or uh, first chunk, rather. Uh, CM Punk, we just talked about him, made his first public appearance since All Out, appearing, uh, doing his uh, MMA announcing gig for uh, regional promotion. His injury rehab was reportedly going well. And uh, also talked, there was a story about the impact that Cole Cabana's, Cole Cabana's AEW return. People were obviously very happy, called it a dressing room morale booster because uh, he appeared in that match against um, Chris Jericho for the ROH title. So that was a whole thing, too. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll kind of see where all that plays out. Uh, Shibata, <laughs> randomly, again, this is just random AEW, faced, uh, appeared in an episode of Dynamite, and he was uh, Orange Cassidy's dream opponent. And the match was made for the following Friday at Rampage from Atlantic City with uh, Mike Tyson on color commentary. Again, another strange thing. And it was learned that he had requested AEW matches with Brian Danielson and Orange Cassidy. So perhaps we'll see that Danielson match at some point in an AEW ring. Uh, more strange weirdness. Uh, Jeff Jarrett appearing on Dynamite, attacking Darby Allen as part of this uh, very kind of mid uh, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh faction uh, attacking attack Darby Allen and then. Later that night, it was announced he was joined the company as their director of business development. So Jeff Jarrett appearing basically for every single promotion possible uh, throughout the course of 2022 and then ending it with AEW. <laughs> he always he, wins. He always finds a way. He I, I don't, really does. It's crazy. The, the cockroach of pro wrestling, man. His man will just never die. And that he's been he's had a, a job in this business since. God, I mean, 16 I was years born, old. I'm like, sure, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I don't, whatever that year would be, but I mean, yeah, before I was born, I, I just, he's been consistently a, a member of the professional wrestling business since like, yeah, the mid 80s and, and just always having a job, 
always with a major company, you know, either running a major company, starting a major company, being a, it just, yeah, it's unbelievable what this guy can do. And he, he just does it every time. He must be the, 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 the best interviewer ever. I, I don't know. I would love to, I'd love to talk to him, but then I'd probably end up like, you know, investing in some business. Of I, know. I, don't, I don't want to talk to him because at some point I'm going to like give him $30,000 for something and be like, well, I give $30,000 for it. It's like, I don't know. He just, he has that way. He just could do it. I don't know. Definition of a lifer, man. Unbelievable. He did this, uh, made a, had a memorable line during a promo calling, uh, essentially calling Braun Strowman a, a make-believe monster in like tight skinny jeans or tight red jeans or something. Tiger Pants, something along those lines. He referred to uh, WB as a banana nose circus uh, and all that stuff. So he you know, kind of tried to explain those comments and, and did a kind of a shitty job about that, but whatever. Uh, AW made their, uh, announced they were going to be making a, a bunch of debuts in 2023 in uh, a lot of different cities, including... Portland, Oregon, London, England, Phoenix, and San Francisco. We'll talk more about San Francisco in just a minute. Sean Spears, I have a weird quote, said he's always seen himself as an intercontinental champion. However, there is no intercontinental champion in AEW. He made that one appearance in Toronto and then hasn't been seen since, so I have no idea what is going on with him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, NFL uh, quarterback star for the Baltimore Ravens, reacted to a, a call-out on uh, AEW Dynamite uh, by Chris Jericho. That was kind of a, a unique moment there. Uh, Mac, Matt Hardy it had this these statements during, essentially, he made it sound during a podcast that he witnessed the all-out fight and then had to clarify that he did not, even though the way he said it, it absolutely makes you think that he saw it. So that was kind of a strange moment. Uh, Bandito really signed his AEW contract legitimately. Uh, I believe it was a three-year deal. And the rationale for not signing with WWE was that his family, uh, the AEW contract allowed him essentially to, to, to be where he is and not have to go on the road. And of course, you know, if he's going to WWE, he'd have to be in NXT and Moved to the Orlando area, and that really wasn't in the card. So AEW allowed him to uh, to be kind of live his life. So good for him. Uh, MJF joined the cast of the Iron Claw movie, uh, focused on the Von Erichs. The company did not anticipate their Fight Forever video game being on a subscription service, and a new trailer debuted. Uh, Soraya revealed that she was cleared to wrestle on Halloween and was enable, able to start with one match a month. Uh, Chris Jericho working said he was working on a Painmaker graphic novel, and he aimed to make a movie on that character, which a lot of people kind of like, okay. Uh, the Bunny, starring in a Lifetime movie called Bad Tenant. Jun Nakayama made his AEW debut on Rampage, and, and then also would uh, compete on the uh, Full Gear Zero Hour against Eddie Kingston, a, a dream match, of course, for Eddie Kingston. Abaddon suffered an injury at an indie show that would keep her out of action for quite some time, and then Anna Jay replaced the Bunny, uh, the aforementioned Bunny, in a AEW Diamond match due to, I believe, an injury or um, illness or something along those lines. Thoughts about any of that? Yeah, so the big thing that stands out to me is AEW finally, you know, heading out west. Uh, it seems like they just forever were not, and, and and likely probably COVID restrictions and COVID concerns and all that sort of stuff, and just familiarity with the area that they had been running, and 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 maybe costs as well of just hey, it's it's easier to just keep everybody, you know, on the East Coast and and in you know the Midwest or whatever as opposed to going over. But I think it's gonna be healthy for their business to start getting out there because they were running a lot of the same buildings, a lot of the same towns. Uh, over and over and over again. And I do think you saw kind of diminishing returns on some of those. So yeah, I, I, I like it. I like the idea of them going uh, to Portland, to Phoenix, to San Francisco. And then like you said, to London as well is going to be cool. So seeing them open up their business to a lot more places and, and uh, just an entire region of America that they felt like they just have not really went to uh, in any great numbers is, is, is cool. So I think that that'll help their business a lot and it should help their, their uh, uh, ticket sales a bench, which, which have obviously lagged, uh, you know, in, in the last half of, uh, of 2022 so we'll see obviously how that how that goes but uh, i think they they should 
hopefully get back on track a little bit, going to you know these places for the first time, people's first yeah. ability to you know see you know AW live and, and in person. So we'll definitely have to monitor that and see uh, how, how ticket sales do. Uh, and then the Fight Forever game. You know, that was kind of weird where uh, there was one weird report that said it would be on, you know, Game Pass. And I think a lot of people that weren't in the video game, you know, sphere didn't know what that meant. But the people that did know were like, oh, that doesn't seem very good. If it's going to release, you know, on the subscription service, that means, you know, that maybe they're not that confident about the game or whatever, or, or, you know, a number of different things. But, you know, them having to then clarify, no, 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 that's not actually the case. And no, you're going to have to pay for this game, you know, full price, all that sort of stuff, I think made people feel a little bit better. Because I I know me, you know, personally thought, oh, man, if that game's releasing on, you know, the subscription services, that that means that they're, you know, maybe not as confident about it. Maybe they're not as confident that it's going to sell well. So they'll just take the, you know, the guaranteed amount of money from, you know, Microsoft or whoever, uh, and and put that on this you know streaming service or the you know the game service and then just take whatever. But I like the idea that they're they're going to try it out, see what happens, and you know ultimately if it does end up on that service, that's fine. But you want to at least see what you can do sales wise, uh, you know, in a normal marketplace. So uh, curious, and, and I'm really excited for the game. It, it looks really cool. Uh, it looks like the type of wrestling games that you know I grew up with and and, and loved and have been clamoring to play again and, and really just end up you know playing those over and over again as I've gotten older. I don't really play the old games. I just have friends come over and we just play, you know, WrestleMania 2000 and Revenge and No Mercy <laughs> or whatever. So uh, it'd be nice to have an updated game that, uh, that, that, that looks and plays like those games. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, and then lastly, the Matt Hardy story was... Uh, I mean, that guy definitely saw the fight, but he just didn't want anybody to ask him about it ever again, yeah. right? Like, like he was just like, "Oh crap, I don't know, I didn't see it." No, I, you know, he saw it. He just doesn't want to be involved in any investigations or or every have anybody ever ask him about him again. So smart man, he's just like, "I just want to live my life." Sorry, no, I didn't see it. I'm, I'm good. But uh, my man definitely saw the fight. That's okay. Uh, we go through the rest of the month here. Jake Snake Roberts revealed that he was off oxygen and uh, had returned to AEW. Still haven't seen him on screen yet. Chris Jericho was revealed on the Masked Singer, and he wasn't happy with how he was eliminated, which was by a uh, essentially a fan vote because uh, he said that you know judges didn't know he was, but the fans of course did, and he wanted to be on there a little bit longer. Always wanted to stay in that spotlight. Tony Khan said he couldn't comment on CM Punk's status with AEW. He also announced that the Owen Hart Foundation tournaments would return in 2023. ROH Women's Champion Mercedes Martinez cleared return, uh, and the future of Ring of Honor, Tony Khan said, was going to be determined after final battle. Talk more about that next month. Tony Khan said he wanted to give Thunder Rosa, quote unquote, every opportunity to defend the AEW women's title. We'll talk about that in a second. The company announced the official signing of Kanosuke Takeshita to a full-time contract. That was a, a good signing on, on their part. I think, uh, you know, he. I think he's really going to be a player for them. I think everyone kind of thinks so. It's just a question of... Uh, they got to clear out some space. Uh, no doubt about that. There's he's He's got some... He's definitely got some some a place to go. They just need to figure out a good direction for him. And uh, I, I think he's going to be really, really good for them based on so far. But they they get a this will be a good test for their creative. Put it that way in 2023. Uh, the company announced that there will be that Revolution would be at the Chase Center in San Francisco in March and not the Cow Palace as originally thought. They were running some uh, dynamite at the Cow Palace instead. Uh, Penta El Zero Miedo appeared on Monday Night Football, which is kind of a, an interesting thing to see. There was this is a big nothing burger. This whole Jade Cargill. Bow Wow confrontation, uh, which they've tried <laughs> to make something out of, and it's just absolutely gone nowhere. No one seems to care about it uh, with good uh, good reason. MGF working something with Patty Pimlet for UFC 282. Patty Pimlet, a kind of an upcoming and, uh, and uh, next level. Someone they're trying to really push as a star, put it that way, and was kind of trying to work this angle for that. And uh, nothing really ever happened with it. MGF appeared at the show. And it was uh, featured by UFC, shown on screen, but uh, nothing really kind of came with that. House of Black made their return on Dynamite after Vignette started airing a couple weeks prior. 
So the whole Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews situation, whatever that was, had apparently dissipated for now. So those uh, those guys are back in action. Ricky Starks won the World Title Eliminator Tournament, setting himself up for a match at Winter Is Coming. Thunder Rosa relinquished the AEW Women's World Title, making Jamie Hayter now the full champion. That was announced after uh, full gear. And then in a very weird thing, they retroactively made Tony Storm's title run a linear world title and, and remove the interim, which is the first time I'd ever seen that, which was, I thought, just odd. Um, Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor world title was set for final battle. Colt Cabana said he almost died in that aforementioned Chris Jericho AEW Dynamite match due to wearing compression socks, which were cutting off circulation. Uh, Andrade underwent surgery for a torn pectoral muscle, so we don't have to ask about his AEW status for quite some time. And then A.R. Fox signed his AEW contract he was offered after a Dynamite appearance. It was announced as challenging for the TNT title on the subsequent Dynamite. Thoughts about any of that? Yeah, the uh, Takeshita uh, thing that you mentioned as well, you know, signing him and and, and locking him in, I think is going to be huge uh, for, for 2023. I think one of the issues, you know, with him in, in, in 2022 was like you had him for, you know, a little bit of time. And that's cool. You can do, you know, run little month long stories or whatever with him. But be, but knowing that you're going to be able to have that guy for an extended amount of time um, is, 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 I think, going to make things a lot easier for how you book him and, 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 and how you push him. But, yeah, he's one of the best talents in the world. Uh, and he definitely was getting over in front of that AEW crowd. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see what they do with him uh, in 2023. And and he's just tremendous talent. So I think there's just so much uh, opportunity and, 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 and potential uh, with him. So really excited to see what that happens there. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the other stuff, you know, the Thunder Rosa thing is odd. Like it's it's it felt like they were just trying to figure out a way to kind of get uh, like, I don't know what I, I ultimately I don't know. Like you said, the interim thing was 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 very odd. And obviously they've got something from Thunder Rosa where they essentially just said, you know, we, we're going to have to we're going to have to do something here. We're going to have to move on. We can't just sit here and wait for you and wait around or whatever. Uh, but it, it was all done a little awkwardly. And and, and with people that know kind of the story or, or know some of the, you know, the rumored stories or whatnot, uh, it all kind of came together very, very weird and very, very awkwardly. And it's, it's still a bit of an uncomfortable situation. But I guess by taking the interim thing off, it's like, all right, well, now the uncomfortable situation is just with Thunder Rosa and AEW and not necessarily all these other people involved and all, you know, this weird yeah. title that's kind of hanging in limbo. So now it's just, okay. If Thunder Rosa is going to come back, if she can kind of work out whatever is going on injury wise or, or, you know, relationship wise with, with, with the company, then okay, cool. But yeah, now we don't have to kind of hold this title hostage uh, for as long as that thing is going to happen, which is, is good and healthy for everybody. So uh, excited for that. And I love AR Fox joining AEW too. I, AR Fox is one of my favorite wrestlers uh, ever. Like, like I just think he's a tremendous, tremendous talent. I never got obviously a big break in a big time company, and this is his first opportunity to do it. And, you know, he's not in his prime anymore, but he's still a very, very, very good wrestler. So uh, excited to see what he does uh, in, in, in 2023, even if it's just as, you know, the third guy in a, in a, in a trio with, you know, top flight or whatever. That's fine with me too. I have no issue with that. Uh, that's probably a good role for him at this point in his career, but uh, yeah, he, he's a great talent, a uh, great trainer uh, as well. So I'm excited to see what, 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 you know, the next year has in store for him. Yeah, exactly. Another guy to fit into the mix, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> no yeah, shortage. Not bad, not, yeah, get, get a, get a good, yeah. They have no shortage of like guys that are great wrestlers, which is good. They, they sometimes need to kind of figure out how to better utilize uh, those guys and better kind of figure out the entire, you know, uh, uh, you know, hierarchy of the roster, or whatever. But yeah, having having great wrestlers at your disposals is is definitely a, a good thing. Yeah. All right, let's go through the month in Japan. Uh, the big news, of course, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, set for Wrestle Kingdom 17, which is going to happen uh, next week as you're listening to this. New Japan Battle Autumn, their final show of that tour. Will Ospreay defeating Naito to retain the U.S. title, and then FTR defeating 
uh, United Empire's Jeff Cobb and great, the great Ocon to retain the tag team titles. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Red Narita for the TV title, the initial uh, inaugural TV title, rather, uh, that final set for Wrestle Kingdom 17. Shota Umino returned to New Japan and challenged for the U.S. title at a historic crossover event. Of course, that show being with New Japan at Stardom. Punctuated by Kyrie becoming the first ever IWGP Women's Champion at that show, winning the tournament there. New Japan announced their teams and uh, format and layout for the both the World and Super Junior Tag League. FTR announced that they were going to be participating in uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17. Aforementioned Jeff Cobb was off the uh, New Japan Tamishi events due to uh, personal reasons. Uh, the company's strong brand announced their Nemesis tapings were coming uh, for December. Bobby Fish made his return. At New Japan's Strong Detonation, uh, they announced that their final King of Pro Wrestling match was uh, going to be taking place at the Taka and Taichi pay-per-view instead of uh, a New Japan show. Uh, Great Muda was announced to be teaming with St- Sting and Darby Allen in one of his retirement matches. Carl Anderson and Hickelow, we just mentioned this. Finally, we're going to see I mean, everyone's been waiting on the edge of their seats. Bated breath, all those ah, analogies. Bated breath, indeed, yeah. yes. Finally going to compete for this Never uh, Championship at the uh, New Japan Tag League Finals. Uh, Kenta and uh, Marafuji were going to be announced as reuniting for Noah and challenging for the GHC Tag Team titles. Their second New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 17 event was announced for January 21st. And then uh, the New Japan World Tag League is a happening. Events happening, of course, all month long. Thoughts about any of that? Yeah, I think the big thing is obviously Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay uh, for Wrestle Kingdom is, I mean, that's like a top, top, top tier match. Uh, one of the best matches, like, you know, in, in a world where people throw around the term dream match a lot, like every indie, every weekend says dream match. And it's like, right. I mean, no one's really dreaming for that, but that's okay. I mean, it's a good match. I'm glad you booked it. I'm glad you're able to, you know, uh, present it, but it's not really a dream match. Like, let's, let's cool it down a little bit. And, and people just throw around that, that term so much these days. Like Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay is a true dream with a capital D dream match. I mean, it, it, it's two of the best wrestlers of this generation in Japan. Again, Kenny Omega making his return to Japan. Uh, you know, they kind of sniped at each other all throughout the year in terms of uh, a media uh, coverage and whatnot. So I, I think, yeah, I, I am super, super excited about that match. And I think in the West, it's, it's a, it's a very important thing for new Japan to, to, especially in this next week that, you know, that we're, we're talking about this in the lead up to January 4th is like, they need to really hit this thing as hard as they possibly can to let people know this thing is happening. It's happening on this show. Uh, go make sure you watch it. And I don't know if they've done a great job of doing that just yet, but like new Japan has struggled obviously in, in the West ever since the pandemic. And, and for a multitude of reasons, AEW's creation and whatnot, they just don't have that same vibe that they had in 2016, 2017, 2018, where they felt like they were really gaining steam uh, as, as you know, a, a company that that Western re- wrestling fans watched and consumed and, and discussed or whatever. It doesn't feel like it's that way anymore. And this is a match that can go a long way in, in kind of getting those fans back and kind of rehooking them into, hey, this is what we're doing here. Uh, this is what, you know, and it's not the main event of that show, but it's the main event really for the Western fans in, in a lot of ways. So I'd like to see them build it up a little bit more. And I think they, they, I, Again, like I said, I don't know if they've done a great job of doing that because it has a chance to be, I mean, one of the greatest matches in, in Wrestle Kingdom history, one of the greatest matches in New Japan history, and, and hell, one of the greatest matches in, probably it's Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. And they're both at, you know, at the peak of their powers. Uh, Will, uh, you know, on the, on the heels of having a tremendous, tremendous year, and, and, and Kenny, you know, always great as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I really, really, when it got officially announced, it was like, oh, wow. Okay, my interest level for the show just, you know, skyrocketed. Uh, from where it was before. So interesting to see with that. And then, yeah, and then FTR as well. That's another kind of, you know, doing service to the Western fan base as well by getting them there uh, for, for Russell Kingdom. So yeah, a lot of good stuff to like on that Russell Kingdom show. Uh, so yeah, as we've kind of built up, you know, in the month, not a ton has been built over the 
December, you know, as, as you're going to talk about in the December show. I mean, there's been a few things here and there, but uh, still on paper, it looks like a really, really uh, uh, tremendous show. And, and and that's kind of the big thing for me with New Japan is, is you know, getting back on track, trying to get those Western fans backed and hooked uh, onto their product again. And that's, I think, a huge, huge uh, direction uh, for 2023. And, and the stardom thing as well, the 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 inclusion of stardom and the, uh, the IWGP women's title that, you know, New Japan has said point blank, they're what they want to do with that more than anything is, is get Western wrestling fans excited about Japanese women's wrestling. And they think that they can do that uh, through new Japan and through stardom. And, and, and that's going to be a huge initiative in the next year as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, good year for that. Some, uh, yeah, some good developments on that front getting stardom more, uh, more shine, uh, pun fully intended. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, Kyrie, a good choice to, uh, to lead that. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens at Wrestle Kingdom with a certain Sasha Banks or uh, whatever her name's going to be. We'll see, see what's going on there. Well, uh, let's go through impact real quick. Not a lot happening here. Lady Frost granted her release after a really kind of strange situation there. Surprised that didn't happen earlier. Uh, Joe Hendry won the Digital Media Championship in the month, in their premium uh, event of the month. I guess you could call it that. Overdrive, Josh Alexander retaining Fra- the uh, world title over Frankie Kazarian. Again, one of these matches really well-received after the fact, but probably not a lot of people watching it live because it's it on a Friday night against stiff competition. Trey Miguel regaining the X Division title in the tournament final there and turning heel in the process. Bully Ray... Yes, Bully Ray, that Bully Ray, challenging for the Impact World title, a hard-to-kill, cashing in his uh, Collier Shot gauntlet. Uh, Jay Vidal became the first openly gay man to sign an Impact Wrestling contract. The company announced an international distribution partnership with DAZONE, and Natasha Steeles revealed that she had re-signed with the company. So again, not a lot there, but thoughts about anything that, that happened? Yeah, it's impact, so it's hard to get like a ton of strong thoughts. Yeah. I mean, the bully ray stuff is is that's hard to see when when you know it's a company that's I, I think done a lot of good uh, to try to kind of work itself, come up with a new identity or whatever its identity is going to be moving forward. And then like you know, there's bully ray challenger for the title. It's like all right, no. <laughs> nevertheless, there you go. So it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to get really excited about impact, and it sucks because there's a lot of really good talent on there and the really good matches, like you said. But it just kind of feels. Like that overdrive show was really good. Like Alexander Kazarian was a good match. Trim Miguel had a great match. I mean, they had uh, in December they had some 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 standout matches. But Mike Bailey and Josh Alexander, they're trying really hard with like, hey, we have great matches and great talent and that sort of stuff. But ultimately, it just feels like it's a it's an uphill climb for them just to kind of get attention and to get you know to get eyeballs and and to get people to watch their show has just been a real real struggle and and, and myself included in that. Like I I you know I try to watch Impact. I try to keep up with it as much as I can. But ultimately, like I'll go a couple weeks where I forget to watch it and then I kind of lose steam and then it's like a month or two and then i'm like oh yeah right impact i gotta start watching that again so i yeah it, it's just they're 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 challenging for so much headspace and so many eyeballs with, with what's ever going on in the world of wrestling so ultimately kind of stinks because there is a lot of good talent there but yeah it's hard to get real excited or, or or intrigued with anything going on with impact right now that's right all right so let's finish out with the junk drawer this is everything that happened everywhere else and of course Really enough, the mother, a few different stories. The, the, the big one was uh, GCW making the announcement that they were moving their live events and their entire archive over to Fight Plus, the Fight Plus streaming service for, I believe, $4.99 a month. And that was followed by Wrestling Revolver and also Black Label Pro moving their live events and content libraries over to Fight Plus. With, so Fight Plus trying to become a player in the, a bigger player in that streaming business. And in GCW, you know, they run about 75 events a year, something like that. And that's. Part of the deal, and uh, when I talked to Mike Weber on this show, he said it could be, from Fight, he said it could be possibly more than that. So we'll see. They run a lot of shows, but essentially getting a you know guaranteed money every month instead of having to do the pay-per-view thing. 
and enabling an audience to to find them and experience them more uh, for a cheaper amount per month. We'll see if it works. I think there's I think there's a lot of questions with it, but you know they're they're going for it, so I think that's a a good uh, yeah good thing to try. You know, I think for for both parties. Uh, Brett Lauderdale also saying in a in a interview that uh, when that news was announced saying that he doesn't think there is an AEW talent ban. Remember, that was a, a whole story about AEW talent not being allowed to work at uh, GCW shows. He said if he does, if, if there is a talent ban, he had not heard of one. So he said uh, the relationships kind of you know fluctuate and change, And, and uh, but so far things were good with AEW and hope that that would continue to be the case in the future. Uh, one talent on his way to GCW, El Hio Del Velkingo. His debut was set for America's Most Wanted. However, if you're hoping to see that on the fight streaming service or any other streaming service in the U.S., uh, depending on where he's working, you would not as part of the deal with AAA. The company had to issue, issue an apology after Chris Hamrick used a homophobic slur at an event. Blood and Thunder 2023 for January was announced for Philadelphia with uh, Jacob Fatu versus Ben Kay and uh, Alexander Hammerstone versus Giamato for the MLW title announced for that show as they uh, open up the gate, so to speak. Jacob Fatu won the Battle Riot 4 match, and I include it in here because it aired in November, but it actually happened in June. So <laughs> the weird. Which, oh my God. Yeah. There was like titles that guys were defending on the indies that they hadn't won yet. That was one of the weirdest. We, we broke it down on the flagship podcast yeah. uh, one time where we were just like, man, how we, uh, definitely a, a throwback to a, to another era as well. But yeah, like Davey Richards was defending a title that he hadn't won yet for like months on. It was so weird. There, it, it very, very strange uh, <laughs> happenings in the world of MLW. Yeah. Very odd. Uh, Hammerstone defended his title against uh, Richard holiday in a falls count. An anywhere match in fusion i think that might have been taped a couple of months before I, again the, the whole i clue this because the whole it was just we're joking about the whole timeline of mlw in terms of what happened and when it actually aired and very uh very strange uh, multiverse that they're running over there with uh mlw uh, and then there was this other strange story so the whole nick aldis nwa situation so nick aldis announced he had given nwa his notice and there was this instagram story that was later deleted essentially you know ripped on the company's creative the NWA then suspended him, and he was not going to appear at Hard Times 3 with their pay-per-view for that month. He was going to take on Odinson at that show. And then, you know, he said that the, you know, much of the product doesn't pass the Harley race test. Uh, then at that event, Tyrus winning the NWA world title in a three-way over uh, Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona. So the uh, Tyrus reign began. Uh, Billy Corgan announcing that Empower would return when the NWA can provide a quote-unquote world-class event. Just continue to double down on that. The uh, the comments he had made earlier in the in the year that uh, didn't sit well with uh, a lot of fans said the uh, the company would be the quote-unquote toughest, hardest-hitting wrestling promotion in the world. Uh, he was confused by Nick Ellis's actions, and he thinks he's working angle. He actually did a pretty extensive interview. This was from um, uh, Busted Open, and he was he seemed to be pretty open about the situation and essentially saying that you know his contract was going to be up and that's fine, but he could say whatever he wanted after his contract was open. But he didn't understand why he was uh, Nick Aldis was taking the focus away from Hard Times Three and and kind of making it all by himself with saying a lot of uh, basically talking a lot of shit before the event. So he didn't really understand what was going on. He thinks basically he had some sort of plan somewhere else and and is kind of this was kind of a way to shoot his way out of town. But uh, yeah, very strange end of that relationship. Uh, Corgan announced that the NWA versus AAA will be taking place at a Smashing Pumpkins concert, essentially festival happening in Mexico City. Uh, Laredo Kid said the ruptured intestines injury he had uh, suffered and had to go uh, have surgery for was the toughest battle they ever fought. Uh, PWG Dink, Damon Garcia defending his PWG title 
against Jonathan Gresham. The company announced Ebola would return in early January. Teddy Hart, the Dangerous Breed docuseries, debuted on Peacock. Taryn Terrell announced her retirement. Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello, a title defense was announced for AAA's Noche de Campeones. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. However, so recording this is supposed to be happening tonight. And however, Ty Mello is going to be on AEW Dynamite instead. And AAA is still announcing that both of them are going to be there despite them having um, uh, visa issues. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was that was very uh, we were doing a preview that we uh, that we posted on, on Voice of Wrestling from a Lucha blog. And, yeah, he's kind of just like, I don't know what to tell you. Like they're saying she's going to be there, but uh uh, she can't be in two places at once, Simello. So uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. So yeah, Triple A is gonna Triple A, man. You know they're 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 they are yeah, what they are. Exactly. <laughs> they never exactly. pretended to be anything else. So. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, speaking of being you are who you are, Bobby Fish winning his pro boxing debut by second round TKO, TKO in uh, not really spectacular fashion. Put it that way for those that saw the clips. Uh, the Dynamite Kids' nephews, the Billington Bulldogs, signed deals with MLW. Brandy Rhodes said her in-ring return was not in her plans right now, and all fans rejoiced. Cain Velasquez requested and gained permission to work at AAA December event again. Speaking of AAA, going to be AAA. Uh, Aaron Dean Eisenberg was cast as Ric Flair in the uh, Von Erich movie, The Iron Claw. And then Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was victorious in his return to the ring in a trios match, and Tony Khan later saying he would love to have the Dragon back in AEW anytime. So we'll see if that <laughs> yeah, ever happens yeah. again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thoughts about any of that? A lot happening there. Uh, I think the big thing is the fight plus uh, to me uh, really stood out because it, it, it's a, a huge shift in where we were with the indie streaming, you know, services and wrestling streaming services in general. And, 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 and like you said, ultimately, I, I think it's probably a big swing by fight to just figure out, okay, what are we, or what are we going to be in the future? How do we, uh, you know, sort of, it, it's strange. I don't know. It, it's like a weird, it, we, we, we did the like catch all, networks for a while and then it felt like that didn't work so then we went into like individualized event buying we, we always seem to have very much ebb and flow with this all the time like we, we go from you know individualized events which you know obviously pay-per-views were predicated on for a while and then you know when streaming services started first you know making waves and coming out and, and, and getting bigger then it was catch-all okay we have all this stuff available for this you know exact price point and you know WWE network you know kind of setting that market and, and saying hey we have you know all this content for for this dollar amount then everybody kind of had to follow that dollar amount and figure that out uh, and then ultimately not many people could follow that dollar amount and said okay well we have to we have to charge more we can't possibly just charge you know ten dollars for you know all this stuff that are are economics are not going to work with that so then you started to get where fight and gcw and all these other companies you know left you know independent wrestling tv or left whatever networks they were on or flow sports or flow wrestling all that sort of stuff and went mm -hmm. instead towards uh you know okay now you have to you know pay us x amount for every single event and now fight plus kind of saying no no no, let's try to get it back to pay us an x amount of fee per month and and, and we'll see what happens you know with theirs so i think it's you know for the, the the companies themselves it probably takes a lot of the headache away of 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 having to promote, uh, you know, promote as heavily every single month or every single week or whatever, you know, in GCW's case, pretty much every single week, having to promote very, very heavily every single show that you have and more or less being able to say, hey, you know, this is, you know, just kind of present your product and and, and let the, you know, let the subscriptions kind of tell the tale there. But, you know, for Fight, it's a pretty big risk for them as well because I imagine that they're probably trading in a little bit of, of, of overhead dollar amount you know, what that they were likely making with every event sale and all that sort of stuff with saying, Hey, we're, we're just going to build up a bigger user base and whatever that's worth of having people, you know, join for, you know, all these different products. And so far, a few promotions have signed up or whatever. I, I don't know how it's going to go. Like part of me thinks it's probably going to go the way that a lot of these other, you know, kind of all in one streaming services have gone, which is usually not very good, especially in the wrestling sphere. But I think it's a worthy endeavor for Freud to try. And, yeah. um, 
I think it's a worthy endeavor for the wrestling companies to try as well. Cause I mean, they're, they're obviously getting some guaranteed amount of money that to them is, is, is worth it. So I think a lot of the risk comes for fight here is, is, are they going to make, you know, is this going to be a worthy uh, endeavor? Are they going to make more money than they had? Or, or ultimately is it just about, you know, gaining a user base and, and maybe thinking about that next step of a sale or, or, or whatever it's going to be, but, you know, collecting as many users as you can into your ecosystem, you know, and, and then figuring out what that next step is after that. Uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's worth a try for sure. And I'm excited to see, you know, what, what kind of happens with that. Uh, and then the NWA stuff really stood out to me and and that, you know, we, we extensively went over that on, on the flagship uh, podcast of just, so, I mean, just a bunch of people all kind of, you know, sticking their foot in their mouth over and over again when they really didn't have to. And it just ultimately ended up being just at, nobody looked good at the end. You know what I mean? All this kind of looks weird in the end of like the way that he tried to, you know, clearly he was trying to get out of his contract and try to move on to other things. It's just fine, whatever. Like, but there was probably ways that he could have gone about that to be better. Uh, and then Billy, who just seemingly always tries to find a way to put his foot in his mouth, you know, with these situations, it, it, it especially with the empower thing, uh, you know, he'll at the end of the day, he could have just said, hey, we tried the event. We did it. It didn't make money. And when it's financially responsible for us again, we will do it again. But at this time, it's not. Yeah. And that's all he had to say. But then he's digging into, well, the talent's not there and the wrestlers aren't. It's like, oh, what are you doing? And then doubling down and tripling down and quadrupling down. It's like, just stop, just stop, just stop. You don't have to do this. Like, just calm down. And, and it felt like he was kind of doing the same thing with the, with the Aldis thing, too, or just trying to, to really kind of win the headlines or whatever. And it's like, you don't, you know, if the guy wanted to leave, the guy wanted to leave, whatever, you know, just move on and, and, and figure out what you're going to do in the future. But it seems like, yeah, they're, they're, they think that messy drama is going to kind of help them, but I, I, I don't, I don't really think it is. And, and ultimately it kind of just, um, it gets a big eye roll. And then uh, lastly, I, uh, the Teddy Hart documentary, I have not watched it yet. I, yeah. I, I have it circled. I have it ready to go. I, I, I want my wife to watch it. Cause like initially I'm like, Hey, there's a pro wrestling documentary about, it. and then she was like, I'm rolling her eyes. But I'm like, but wait, <laughs> but wait, it's, it's got some true crime. It's got some weird stuff in there. So I think that she will, uh, uh, ultimately I'll, I'll be able to get her to watch it. Obviously the holidays kind of, you know, came up and 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 i think hopefully we'll be able to check it out pretty soon but uh yeah i think it's good to get this story out to more and more people it to me it was always very odd how he was able to kind of just get back into you know the wrestling sphere and the wrestling world uh after a lot of this stuff was already kind of known and then he was like hey teddy hart's kind of funny hey look at this endearing guy doing this funny things and it only felt a little icky for me uh and now uh thankfully that seems like that's never going to happen again hopefully more people um realize you know what the real story is with teddy and and, and just yeah. what so many other people knew for so long and and i don't know if it was either just ignored or just not taken seriously or whatever but uh yeah this documentary should hopefully put uh put an end to um you know him being kind of the funny hey look at this guy with his cats it's so kooky and so funny it's like oh this guy's you know there's a little bit more uh, devious you know acts in, 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 involved in this guy's life and his career or whatever so yeah it'd be good to see it but i've not watched it yet so i can't i can't speak on it uh too yeah, too much. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I haven't watched that or the uh, the Flair documentary or anything like that. It's, just, it's hard, you know. There's so much like stuff you got to watch and not, outside wrestling too. You know, you can't just watch wrestling stuff alone. You know what I mean? So it's tough to tough to find time to get this on there and actually, you know, pay attention to it. Yeah, there's not enough time in the day. Like we said, wrestling is just crazy and it never stops. So it's like you never have a moment to say, yeah, you know what? I will watch this. You know, right. nothing is going on in wrestling today. I will just sit down and watch this. Like it never it seems like it's always, always something mm-hmm. <laughs> with this wrestling here. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, Rich, thank you so much for stopping by and before we let you go. Um, we had obviously a great conversation about November, but more great conversations at Voices of Wrestling. I wanted to give you a chance to plug away where people can obviously check out the website, the uh, the audio content, written content, the Patreon. Floor is yours. How do people access it and uh, what should they look for? 
Uh, first off, thank you again for having me on here. It's it, it, great. I, and our scheduling for people that don't know, I mean, our schedule was kind of tough. It was like, ah, oh, crap, I can do it here. I can't do it here. I, and we were able to make it happen. And I'm so glad we were because I, I always enjoy this series. I think it's a, it's a to me, it's an important series to do to to recap this year. I think people need to go back and 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 you know, and I think you do a great job of doing this. And I love listening to these shows as well, of going oh, back thanks, and remembering thanks. something I forgot that happened in the year where it's like, again, we talk about these crazy years and it's like, oh yeah, that was like this year. Like That was not that long ago. That was in June or whatever. That was, you know, just a couple months ago. But uh, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you having me on here and I really appreciate you doing these shows. They, they're tremendously helpful for me at the end of the year. And I, I, I listen to them. They're a, a constant for me uh, to listen to this last week uh, of the year. But uh, yeah, I do. Uh, everything I do is at uh, voicesofwrestling.com. I'm the editor of that website. So we have uh, previews, columns, reviews, all that stuff up at uh, voiceswrestling.com of all major shows. Uh, we're doing previews for reviews, columns about the entire world of wrestling as well, not just WWE and AEW, uh, but Japan, All Japan, NOAA, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Lucha, the, the Indies. We have all that stuff going on there uh, at voicesofwrestling.com. We also have the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, which is a, uh, a collection of uh, pro wrestling podcasts covering, again, the entire world of wrestling. We have a podcast about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We have a podcast specifically about All Japan Pro Wrestling and NOAA. Uh, we have a podcast about the music of wrestling, mu- wrestling, you know, theme music. Uh, we have retro podcasts as well. Uh, Days of Thunder is the name of the one that uh, that covers old WCW. Uh, we have Eurograps Express. This is a show that covers uh, all of European wrestling. We have a wrestling trivia game. We have a wrestling uh, podcast about uh, Joshi wrestling. We have one about Dragon Gates. We have uh, the flagship podcast that I host that that covers the entire world of wrestling. We have an AEW podcast uh, called The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry. We have a retro one about TNA as well. So uh, it's called You've Got to Be Kidding Me. So we have a ton of stuff there. Uh, you can find it. Uh, just search the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network or VOW Podcast Network on whatever app you, uh, you, you use. Or you can subscribe to any of the individual show feeds as well. Uh, all those are available again at voicesofwrestling.com. So if you just want to listen to one of them, you say, Hey, I only care about Joshi wrestling. I just want to listen uh, to jumping Bob audio. You can do that, but we also have our podcast network feed, uh, which has everything uh, available as well. So that's all on there. Uh, and then last but not least, I, I do bonus content. Uh, uh, the flagship wrestling podcast, myself and Joe, uh, we do bonus content as well at uh, flagship patreon.com uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling can get you there as well. Uh, we have a ton of stuff available there, a ton of audio, uh, written content. We do live uh, episodes of the flagship podcast that you can listen to uh, on that service. We also do bonus content. I do retro uh, a series, usually themed retro series. Like if it's the, you know, the month of so, you know, August, I'll usually watch old summer slams or January. I'll go and, and watch old Royal rumbles or whatnot. October, I did old Halloween havocs, like doing stuff like that. And then bouncing around a bunch of different stuff as well for Christmas. I went and looked at old, you know, Christmas wrestling themed, you know, wrestlers or wrestling shows or wrestling matches, all those sort of things. And I'm also doing right now and I'm finishing up in the next couple of days uh, a series on Goldberg uh, it's oh. called 173 and one all about Goldberg's 1998 so you know where things went and kind of breaking down some narratives as well and I've watched every single Goldberg segment uh, throughout the entire year of 1998 of, of just kind of looking at you know okay the rise and the fall and, and and how it got to the point and obviously we're concluding that series uh, here in the month of December where you know he's going to lose to Kevin Nash uh, and then the finger poke of doom is going to happen. And then, oh boy, a lot of other stuff is going to happen with WCW uh, as well. But uh, this series is completely focused on Goldberg, the streak, where he was, whether it was a good you know, decision to have him lose, you know, what would have been a better way to do it. So just breaking that down month by month as that's kind of, kind of happening. So uh, that was a lot of fun uh, to, to do that series. And, and I've really had a blast uh, doing that. But uh, yeah, that is all available. Flagship patreon.com, patreon.com. Uh, slash voices of wrestling uh, is how you can get to that. But uh, yeah, that is that is it for me. I got nothing more. Good stuff. Good stuff. Looking forward to talking to you again in uh, 2023. And 
you know, who knows what wacky stuff we'll be talking about. Like, God you, only you, knows. God I know. Only knows. God, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you make any prediction possible. Kenny Omega versus Hulk Hogan at a, uh, sure. on, on yeah. a barge in, uh, in, you know, the, the Indian ocean or something like that. Yep. It's like, oh yeah, right. that makes sense. That, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not impossible. Yeah. We, I do a prediction show at flagshippation.com every year. Uh, and for a couple of years I used to, you know, people would send me predictions and I'd be like, nah, that's ridiculous. But then in the last couple of years, I've been like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Probably, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. you know, like I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't say no to anything. Like everything, anything is possible in this crazy, crazy world of pro wrestling these days, but I love it. I, I love the chaos. I, I embrace it for sure. Certainly. Certainly it is. Rich. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, big thanks to Rich for stopping by once again. Check them out at Voice of Wrestling, including the Goldberg series. Sounds pretty fun. And all the other great stuff they're doing at VOW. Every year I mention this, they do the a really great job at the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. in uh, Not inductees, but um, nominees. There's a better word for it. And do a good job looking at all the candidates and, and so on and so forth. And they do a really good job. That's good to have an independent source outside our universe doing that. So yeah, check out their work a year round at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And you will hear from me again on Friday. One last show before the calendar moves to 2023 with the third installment in the year review series for Mixed Martial Arts. Paul Fontaine and I will do that, recording that on Thursday, and that will be out on Friday. And then we're off for a couple days until the following week, which will feature the finales, the uh, fourth installment and final installment in the MMA Year in Review series. And then also the December, look back December for the Year in Review Wrestling Series, and a brand new guest will be joining me for that one, and we're recording that next Thursday, so that will be out uh, later in the week due to Wrestle Kingdom and uh, all the other good stuff as well. So with all that, I will bid you adieu and say, again, thank you. Thank you to Rich Kreish. Thank you all for listening. You have a lot of choices in your podcast day, so I greatly appreciate the time you spent with me or any of our fine hosts and our guests as well from WrestlingObserver.com. And until next time, which will be on Friday, insert catchphrase here.